Radio Frontier. This is Football Daft with Stephen Purden. Midfield Dynamo and average actor. Chris Toll. Target man. Suspicious character. And... Folks, he's fit by daft. <laughs> <laughs> we're here. It's only me and Grado. We're not actually fully sure what we're doing this week, are we, Grado? Yes, that is correct. We, um, we have a bit of an empty shell suit. Bob is on annual leave. Uh, producer John has taken annual leave as well. He's been telling off his missus that if he doesn't take a week off, she's divorcing him. So we've kind of gave him. We, we've, uh, what, what do they say in the workplace? We've fingered it. We've granted it. We've granted. Beth, Bob and John's leave this week were with Ryan, producer Ryan, uh, who's sitting up there with a select tap on, Toe's sitting there with a select tap on, big old... Oh, but that's one great old, that's a retro man, is it no, my man? Is that Snyder? Aye, it's a Snyder, of course it's a Snyder, you don't get these new <laughs> anymore. But it's identical with the real thing, only cost me 11 quid. Yes! Aye. Yeah, it's great, folks, they're not pennies yet, but they will if I keep mentioning them. Right. <laughs> Mate, it doesn't always work out though. I think I told you a story before about my, my top I got for DH skate. I thought I'd buy the new Celtic top for China and it came and I looked at it and it was two different Celtic tops stitched together down the middle, down the seam at the side. Aye. So the front of it was a new top and the back of it was like, I don't know, something for like 2004. You sure it wasn't just the Champions League jersey with a big patch at the back? Are you sure? No. Are you sure? no, are you it sure? No, it went straight in the bin, mate, because I thought if I go out to the pub and somebody sees us, I'll crumble. So, I, I, wouldn't, no. I wouldn't wear a fakey jersey. Yeah. Anyway. Not, Wait, but, are you just wearing what, it for the house? Is it just your jam? No, I, I don't mean that. I mean, like, I, I just look at this as like one of the retro ones that you'd get off one of these sites. You know I mean, I'd wear right. this outside, but say, like, for example, the jersey Ryan's wear I wouldn't buy a fakey, the new jersey, because you can tell them I'm a laugh, man. No. Is that what you've done, Ryan, eh? Uh, no, I've done, done it before, no. This one, this is a decent stuff, man. It's a decent cover. Oh, I've done it with the last one. Starting to wonder. Anyway, enough talking about Snidey Taps. No, but listen, we need, we need to talk about what the fuck's going on here because I think the two of them are away down to Blackpool to watch the Celtic Rangers game at the weekend. Well, this is the deal. This is what folk are planning today, isn't it? Apparently, this is folk have got the plans. Hey, this could be a bit of a dodgy weekend, too, I'm telling you. I don't know if I, if I should say I'm worried, right? But I don't know if you remember a couple of months ago, Nicola Sturgeon, and I hate talking about politics on this show because you want to come to your podcast, fit my podcast, and you don't want to listen to this shit, but. Well, it's no shite, it's what we've got today, unfortunately. But um, when Nicholas Sturgeon was talking about giving a yellow card to Fitbit because of the, the COVID stuff a couple of months ago, I'm just kind of, I'm a wee bit worried in case it all kicks off at the weekend with supporters and stuff like that, but who's Petey's? What do you think, Tom? I, I completely agree with you, mate. And, you know, it's the issue here for me, and I've mentioned it before, it's see getting people access to their season ticket at home. Right? And I think it's actually one of the... God forgive me, right? But I think it's one of the uh, Tory councillors have actually said that this game should be free to air on terrestrial television to stop everybody from going elsewhere to watch it. Mm-hmm. See, if everybody had the option to watch this in the house, you wouldn't have this problem, right? And I know that Sky obviously have got the rights to it and what have you, and it's going to cost money if they give the, give the game away to everybody else. But why not just make the money back for this one game after advertising on terrestrial television. You know Mate, what I mean? It's a, it's a great shout. It's a great shout because I know that Sky, and they know doing it, if you don't have the Sky Sports package, you can buy a day pass for a tenner. But hearing that shout about the terrestrial telly, that, that could have been a... That, that's one that they could have been taken further. 
know that I'm saying I don't trust Fitbit fans. I think there'll be a lot of folk this weekend that, that don't even bother with the Fitbit that they could use it as an excuse. But oh, Gredo, you know, and I know if you when your Celtic Rangers game comes round, you've got all the all the arseholes that sit in the house, and then they put their Rangers or their Celtic tap on for one day, go out, get blitzed, end up fighting, gain all their all their bullshit and singing all their songs and all that, and they're not the real supporters of the clubs. Aye. That's the that's the thing, you know what I mean? So. Uh, the good thing is it will not be getting shown in the pubs in Scotland, right? So straight away, you know that the pubs are going to be quiet, right? But people having access to it in their house are just going to be on the phone like, listen, one round to my house, we'll watch the game. They'll have their carry-out in the house and it's it kind of completely ruins the whole not not going to the pub kind of thing Aye. altogether, you know? Well, let's just say we we do advise as football raft. We need we do need to say please stick to the rules, the regulations, everything that's been put forth. But I think we'll we'll change the subject, man. As I said, everybody's probably sick, fed up listening talking about COVID or the rest of it. I'm going to be honest with you, mate. I'm sick, fed up talking about fucking football. So am I, man. Do you know what? I'm talking about football. What else been up to? We've got an empty. We can do whatever. What do we want to talk about? You've got quite. Right, you've got five minutes with Grado. What do you want to know? Right, Gredo, five minutes with Gredo. Uh, mate, I start. I was flicking through the channels the other night for some reason, right? And I stopped on Gogglebox and I've never seen it before, right? But I tell you what, what a fucking program that is. Mate. I was pissing myself at it. I was how, pissing and, myself. See, they two a woman. Amazing. Two a woman, how, glo- how, how amazing are they? They're dead cute, aren't they? Aye, mate, do you know oh, what? Feel- Sammy was sitting next to me and she's like, oh my God, they're so cute. They were talking about shagging and all that, mate, fucking 90-year-old woman. Mate, they talk oh. about riding on it every week, man. They're super. <laughs> Honestly, told, that's the only programme that I got my way to make sure that I'm sitting down in front of telly watching it. Why well, I know I would, hey, do you know what, Told You'd be brilliant on that programme, by the way. Gogglebox, mate. Do you know, do you know, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this as a podcast, right, but see... It started around about 2012-2013, Gogglebox, right? And it had just been directly after the British wrestler documentary got released, yeah. right, with me and Vice. And a guy phoned me for Channel 4, and he says, we're starting a programme called Gogglebox. How would you feel about being on it, right? And so he explained it to me and all the rest of it. And I thought, man, sitting, getting... Well, it wasn't a, I don't think they get paid. It was expenses. You get your... You get your um, you get your takeaway sorted, you get your chippies, you get your biscuits and your cakes paid for. Anyway, he says, look, here's the deal. He says, you can be in this series. You just need to find somebody to date with. And oh, if you're mate, able we to... We could have done that. Mate, do you know what? So at the time, I was... I, didn't, I don't know if I knew you as well as what I do now, but at the time I was looking at my brother today and actually he had mentioned Dallas, but here was the deal. We had to move to Manchester for the full of the three months that it was on because apparently they couldn't get rights. So I was put in a position because at the time I was working in the fire brigade in the control room. Right. And the, and, the, and I had told them, look, I says, I work for own for after the fire brigade. I goes, I would need to take quite a lot of leave for three months. He says, well, we'll give you a bell back, right? So I'm kind of trying to work it out. I speaks to Rav Florence and Greg Hempel, and they told me, this was just right at the start. This was before River City and all that carried on. They were like, please don't do reality TV. You'll fuck it up. Please don't do reality TV. So a couple of, I was all going for my head, but the phone back up and I'm like, listen, this is too much, I carry on, moving you to Manchester, we'll just forget it. So I always just wonder, I wonder what would have happened if I could put on that goggle box? Surely they're going to do a celebrity one, me and your shoe ins for that, aren't they? Oh, mate, the day the, the celebrity one, the celebrity ones are Gallus, no Gallagher's been, uh, Liam Gallagher's been on it. You need Fuck. to go watch it, aye. But I think a Scottish version of Gogglebox would be good. Scottish sit and watch the telly would be, would be amazing, man. It would be. You're right. Let's do it. Let, let's get that and let's put the wheels in motion, bro. BBC Scotland, the new channel. 
There you go. Let's try and revive STV too. We'll get you in the middle. <laughs> tell you what. Right, see if, you, see if you had to pick one show to go on, one game show or television, like reality show, what one would you pick? Right, well, you know what? You know what I'm going to say? Anything involving Michael Barrymore. I've, I've realised that I, I, that's who I want on this programme. I want Michael, Michael Barrymore. Barrymore. Barrymore is on a podcast. Remember, he, he did a shout out for him a couple of months ago. If there's any program I'd like to be on, it'd be Strike It, Lo- Strike it Lucky. Top middle of Strike it lucky. I'd, right. be, I, I'd go for Naked Attraction. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, know what I mean? What a boys. Imagine that, having your bobby flailing about on live telly. Told <laughs> oh, me, I'd fucking, I'd defo set my planner to record. I found your Bobby was going to be in Channel 4 on a Friday night, Biggie. We will probably get our boss chewed or our arse chewed, whatever you said for, for talking about... Ryan, do you think we need to go back to talking about football? What do you think, mate? Aye, let's, talk about, let's talk about Scotland. Let's talk about Scotland. Right. What's going on here, man? They're fucking... Do you know what? It's like watching paint drying, but it's effective. They're doing really well now, man. Somebody told me this morning that apparently this is the the strongest Scotland have been in terms of results in our lifetime, me and him, we're both 32 year old, have you heard that? I think it's since 1988, just before, it was the qualifiers for the 1990 World Cup, I'm sure, um, we went, I think we went eight games undefeated, right, but if Steve Clark, see if we get a win against, is it Slovenia we're playing? Mm-hmm. If we get a win against them, I think it's, their longest undefeated streak in something like fucking 100 years or something. Seriously? Do you know what I mean? So, but it, it's going to be, it, it's turgid to watch, right? It's it's no entertaining to watch, but see as long as they keep going the way they're going, they're going to start getting people on side, Gradle. And then it's going to be, there, there's going to be that feeling again behind the Scottish national squad. And like I said, see, it doesn't matter if they're not playing well, see as long as they're getting the results. They'll get the they'll get the feet through the door for a start. Everybody will be on side. Uh, Clark will stop getting. Well, do you know what? Clark won't stop getting hassled because he's a Scotland manager, so he can't he can't please everybody. But I genuinely think they're going in the right direction now. Again, trying to sit through a Scotland game. I can't express this enough. Try to sit through a Scotland game is an exercise in fucking calmness because you sit and you watch it and your your head's going like this. And then it becomes exciting within the last two minutes if you're trying to hold on to a, a result or if you know it's going into penalties. That's when it gets exciting, the last two minutes. Well, do you know what? I was in Dunoon at the weekend. We had it on the telly. We had the Scotland game on the telly. And I must have lasted about half an hour. I stuck on Dennis and Menace on Netflix. So, but I mean, I put my hands up. It's just because I, I was told, you know, I, I, I support Scotland, but I just can't get into it. I want to, but I think, as you say, the more successful we are, maybe we'll, I'll get the, the kind of... You know, you know what it does as well? You know what it does as well? I'm just a glory hunter, am I? Just a glory no, hunter? No, because you know what it does, right? It, each wee victory or wee draw gets more people on side and there starts to become this, this feeling, this good feeling behind it, right? And do you remember when Walter Smith was a manager? Right? That, was when I, that was when I had my pub, right? Walter Smith was a manager. My pub was, it was it was called Twenty Four, right? It was in Coat Bridge, but it was it was like the hub for the Scotland games. Mm-hmm. Coat Bridge is every pub is either designated a Rangers or Celtic pub, right? But mine wasn't, and all the Scotland fans used to come to my pub to watch the game, right? I remember the game against Norway, 
he went, I will know miss the sitter. There was that many people in my pub grado that there was fucking condensation dripping for the ceiling. That's how that's how busy the pub was. I'm no kidding on, honestly. And everybody was just there supporting Scotland. There wasn't any crosswords. There wasn't any, uh, yeah, Rangers this or yeah, Celtic that. Or obviously, words not to that effect. But everybody was behind it. And remember when we played Italy in that same qualifying group? Yeah, Barry Ferguson that. scored. Remember? Yep. Mm-hmm, I do remember I've, that. I've never celebrated a goal by a Rangers player as much in my fucking life. I was going off my head. right? And that's what it brings. It brings a togetherness in the Scottish football uh, that it kind of exceeds the, the old firm side of things. Don't get me wrong, there's always going to be I don't give a fuck about Scotland because uh, this, that and the next thing or I don't, I, I support Ireland. No, that's not, that's not what it's all about. What it's all about is getting behind the team having a wee bit of pride in your country. And I'll tell you what, see if we manage to make it to the Euros, Gredo, you're going to see something that you've never seen before. The whole country will get behind them. And it's going to be fucking dynamite. I just hope that we get the result that we need. There you You've inspired me too. Thanks very much. There you go, bro. That's you've inspired it. me. Do you think we will, Chris? Do you think we'll get there? No. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Gredo, another thing that we need to talk about this week, the World Leagues are back. So the games start the night, don't they? Who have we got? Hearts versus who? Hearts yeah, I don't know, Gogglebox is on, but uh, who do the Hearts play? <laughs> Hearts versus Dundee. Hearts, that's, by the way, that's a Premier League match, Hearts versus Dundee. I'll be what? I have an interest in that. This will be interesting to see because, as you say, they're a couple of months behind. It's interesting to see how Hearts are going to be and how they're going to cope in the championship, though. And I think Dundee is a, is a first game. That's going to be a really meaty game, mate. It will be. It's, a, it's probably going to be the hardest game of the season. Aye. You're, you're right, though, Grado, on what you say. It's, it's a difficult game. You've also um, got the added juiciness as well of Dundee sending Hearts down with a defining that's vote right. last Fuck. season. No, yeah. just that. Uh, Robbie Nielsen's just came back to Hearts for Dundee United as well. So there's, there's loads of different wee... Those are wee different avenues. This so, game's it's got a bit of bite to it, I think. So, the, so there's a there's a bit of steam leading into this match. <laughs> there is a bit of steam. Which leads on to Fraser Hornby. Fraser Hornby, eh? Under yeah, 20, he became <laughs> he became the, the under 21s leading scorer all time after scoring the hat trick against San Marino. Tell you what, have you ever seen him playing? The guy's like a fucking locomotive. <laughs> Honest to God, just straight through. You know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see if he can manage to keep his career on track, right or not. <laughs> how did, how, how did, he, did, he, did he score an overhead kick? That's fucking horrific, isn't it? That's Don't know, mate, horrific. but the fucking the atmosphere at the stadium was electric. And I tell you what... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do any more. <laughs> no, man. I can't, I can't do any more. No, but honestly, he does, he does have a good engine on him. <laughs> so on the show today we welcome none other than football legend Chet Young that'll be interesting to hear from him so aye I'm looking forward to it he's been he's been a fixture of Scottish football since well since before we were born you know what I mean the guy's been all over the world he's, he's going to have some decent stories isn't he and on the legends lottery it's my turn so we'll see if I've come up with the goods because I'm right behind Toe on the league and we'll see what Stephen got last week for his guest, Sean Connor for River City. And of course, it's Derby Day this Saturday. It's Derby Day in Glasgow. The old firm this Saturday. The big question we ask is, 
What is your favourite derby memory, whether it's the Edinburgh derby, the Dundee, Lanarkshire, Highland, or Auchinleck versus Cumnock? We wanted to hear yours. Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Get them now at notatfaultclaims.com. Remember, if you've been in a road traffic accident and you're not at fault, G4 Claims can make it easy for yourselves. And welcoming back to the show, the life, the soul of G4, it's Nicole. Nicole, how's it gone, pal? Hi, I'm fine, thanks. How are you guys? Hi, I'm good, pal. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Where have you been the last couple of weeks? I know, we've kind of been trying to teach our dad how to use Zoom. (laughs) My dad doesn't know how to use Zoom. Obviously, I'm his PA. So it's quite hard because you're trying to obviously get the claims in, pay Jim's wages and be Jim's PA. So it really is a full-time job. The man's hard work. Where is he today? He's sunning his cell. He's away to Spain. Fair play, man, because I take it he's his own boss. So if he comes back and he needs to quarantine, that's his own day then, isn't it? That's it. Well, you know he's been sitting in the house this full time anyway, so he's not going anywhere. <laughs> By the way, he must talk a lot of shit to us. He's telling us he's been cycling up and down the length of fucking Scotland. I know, he actually has. He actually has. He's been out cycling, but he does that on his own and then he's been in the house. But he's been out in Spain for a couple of weeks. He went out there with my mum and then obviously they're kind of just stayed there for a few weeks because there's not really much happening here. So at least they're in the sunshine, I suppose. Aye. Sorry for some. I tell me about it. I wish it was me. <laughs> it was Spain's like just now because I don't think I don't think MDC either, is there? No, it's really really quiet there in Benidorm, and it's really really quiet. But there's kind of bars and restaurants they are open, but you need to sit outside. But obviously the weather's nice anyway, yeah, so they are so. still enjoying it. Oh well, let them know to enjoy the rest of your stay. <laughs> we will do. I'll pass your message on sarcastically. Tell, tell us this. <laughs> what the fuck is it that G4 claims does? G4 Claims is an accident management company, so we can help you from the roadside of an accident. So if you're involved in a non-fault accident, why would you use your own insurance? Why would you make a claim against your own policy when you can claim the at-fault insurance company direct? Now, dealing with them direct would be a nightmare because it's dealing with another insurance company. G4 Claims do all the work for you. We'll get you into a like-for-like comparable car whilst you're off the road. If your car's written off, We'll keep you in the higher car right up until the point where you're paid out for your own car and you're happy with it. If your car's deemed as a repair, we'll get your car repaired at a repaired body shop. And all the while, you will be in a replacement car. We can deal with your whiplash, personal injury claim. Um, And everything we do for you is free of charge. We bill it all to the at-fault insurance company. So if you're involved in a non-fault accident, then please contact G4 Claims. Non-fault claims made easy. Do you know what? I must admit, Nicole, I've sat here for how many weeks is this? Has G4 sponsored the show? But this is metal, right? I can't believe it's took for this time. I've just realised that it's not really he's only an insurance company that does insurance no. for your car or maybe you, you just use no. yours if you're in a crash. How has that not been in my head? I'm not sure that's a question you need to have a word with yourself about. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just need to sort out the word in this thing because... Credo, you're the only one that didn't realise, mate. The word is perfectly fine. No, it's just when she says, why would you go to your insurance? So that, I didn't even I, know companies yeah, like that. Exactly. And, I'm not, and I'm not being thingly, Bob, eh, Bob, Bob, whatever your fucking name is. I didn't realise that. That's a great for... What an idea. It's like just eat for car crashes. 
perfect. Basically, that is exactly what it is. It's Did somebody say G4? <laughs> When are you getting when are you getting Snoop Dogg on for the do the ad job? Well probably I'll need to stop paying news to pay Snoop Dogg if that is all Listen, right. Listen, I'm I'm old mates with Snoop I can put a word in for you neighbor. That would be absolutely brilliant. I'd love to have Snoop Dogg in here. I oh. would love to hear Snoop Dogg telling the G4 spiel. That would make my day. Guys. Like that, wouldn't it? If y'all had an accident, motherfuckers, <laughs> y'all y'all ain't, ain't to blame, you go to G4 claims, motherfucker. Go the call. <laughs> Yeah, all I'm gonna say, Absolutely all I'm gonna say, guys, is Snoop Dogg get paid five point three million pounds to do that advert. So that's only half of what I'm paying. Is that right, Nicole? Mean you're going to need to fucking talk, man. <laughs> all right, cheers, Nicole. Thanks, Thanks very much, Nicole. right? Thanks bye. for everything. Bye bye. Bye bye. The Legends Lottery on Football Daft. Folks, let's get down to brass tacks here every week on the show. One of the teams tasked with finding a former hero of Scottish football and getting them onto the show. Then you rate how good they were out of five. We say Scottish football, but in the last few weeks we've had such luminaries as producer John, <laughs> Gordon Smart, yeah. Gredo's cousin that was once a fucking mascot for Kelly or something like that. Dynamite guest. <laughs> and last week, Stephen brought on the legend that is Sean Connor for River City. So, producer Ryan, what did they get? He got a three. There was a, a lot of people commenting on it, but three is the average score that he got. That takes Stephen's lead up to 26.4. 26.4. I'm, I'm starting to feel as if this is unassailable, Gradle. Well, it's um, you're right competitive about this. I mean, I'm right competitive about it, I must admit. I do think... See, at the end of the day, my mascot was involved in a game. My, my guest was involved in a game. Um, I can see why folk were going bush about the River City. He was entertaining. I loved him. But I can see why folk were getting wound up about him being a football player, but I can't talk. <laughs> because I've got a wee bit of something up my sleeve. I know that I'm getting close to you, Toll. Aye. Have you got something to me? Right, so here's the deal, right? Now, you know how there's a certain... Goalkeeper, ex-goalkeeper, now current goalkeeping coach. I've been pestering him for months because if because I want him on the show. Of, I think he's a hero, a Scottish footballer. He's not a hero, you know what I mean? He's a legend. He's, he's, he's appropriate for the legend's law. I know who you're talking about. Right, you know who I'm talking about. Well, we tell the guests who it was. We'll just tell who it was. Right, this is understandable why he can't come on the show. We are recording this on Thursday and there's just been breaking news that St. Mirren have got more positive COVID t- tests in their squad. Aye. Now, if I'm wet, is, is he a, a, the goalkeeping coach at St Mum? It's the goalkeeping coach at St Mum, former Aberdeen goalkeeper, Jamie Langfield. As I said, I've been personal for months. And let's just say sometimes it can be a wee bit, uh, what would you call it, the weekend, he gets a bit... Rambunctious. He gets a bit rambunctious the weekend and he starts... Well, he eventually replied to me and said he could do Legends Lottery this week. And just about half an hour ago, understandably, he told us that he couldn't do it. Therefore... I still need a Legends Lottery. Uh, I'm trying to see how this would connect, but we've got a new resident in Stevenson. All right. Um, they say never work with animals, but my mate Martin O'Hare, right, a long-time friend of mine, has uh, acquired in the last year uh, a guy called Mr Chow. What? Well, Mr Chow's a parrot. 
right? But it can talk, <laughs> it can whistle, it can. Uh, it, last night on Facebook, he put up a video and it was going, always oh, look on the bright. <laughs> it can make what I can't say, it can meow, it can rough when you ask it whether it's a dug day. So please welcome to the show because we couldn't get Jamie Langfield. I hope that people will fairly rate me. It's been hard, it's been tough, but I've managed to get a legend. Please welcome to the show, my pal Martin's parrot, Mr. Chow. Mr. Chow, how are you doing? All right, G. How are you saying that? How's the parrot? I need to try and get a route. Right, Who's okay. That? Right. Who's Uncle Graham? What are you saying? That? You've got a fucking parrot on the Legends Lottery. It's a parrot. <laughs> right. Right, get it to talk. Come on. You give him a song? Right. You give him a song? Listen to you. Yeah, I'm trying to get it Right. Always look on the bright side of life. No, I did, right? <laughs> Always look on the bright side of life. You did. Hold up, watch, she's in the camera. She's dead, it's arse, Chris. She's dead, it's arse. What does the dog say? Clever girl. Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes! Well, I've got it. Hey. What does the cat say? Meow. You tell him. What does the cat say? Nah, you know where not. Credo, see if you, see if you get five points for this, I'm I'm finished with the Legends hey, Lottery. Wait, 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 you were asking it to, what is the dog doing? It was barking. Honestly, it was totally entertainment. I can understand it's football daft. It's the number one podcast about if poor buggers just get stage fright. And it, it happens, as Mark, we spoke in the phone, we, me and Martin spoke on the phone before this, it happens in every game show, didn't it? And it's no different to coming on here. And it, <laughs> it's, it's just been a game show. What are you about? What the fuck are you on about? Listen, Martin, thanks very much for coming on the show. I'm sure you've, you've gave me a... A great rating, Mr. Chow. You and Mr. Chow, I'm sure, but definitely going to do better than the Hibs player that you had on. Who else have we had on? He's better than River City last week. He, top entertainment. Better than producer John Egrado. Is it Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Yeah. You're blanking. You're looking at the camera like that. What the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> well, as I said before, I introduced Mr. Chow to the show. Never worked with animals. As I said... Talking to you there, all the game shows I've had, all the big shows on the planet, I've had animals coming on and end up, you know, you're right, the fatter you're, collapses you're, and they get stage fright. And thoughts of Mr. Chow, the occasion was too big. I can't, I can't mind what show it was, but they got a horse on and it shot all over the fucking stage, remember? Right, well, Live on the telly, brilliant. What that, hand, that hand in Britain's got talent with one of the dogs. Uh, the one I would have been delighted. a hole and it ran away and done a shine in the corner and ran off. I'd have been delighted if it had done a shite, but I mean, you did hear it go, hello, it said hello, didn't it? Hello, hello. Aye, there, was a, there was a hell of a lot of parrot kissing going on and all, did you notice that? Who's he kissing them? Oh, what a, what a load of parrot kissing there was. <laughs> Thank you, Mr Chow, and rate fairly. Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172. Right, Gredo, me and you are in the, the ideal shape. 
You're right. For for close shop, not we mate. No. Bobby yourself, Ryan. How are you? Are you still or are you carrying an extra bit of timber like ourselves here? Uh, I've got a bit of lockdown weight still. A bit of lockdown weight. Right. That'll, that'll be all that fucking cooking that you do. Mate, love cooking. Absolutely love cooking. <laughs> so listen, sometimes it can be a bit of a bastard trying to find clothes that fit the more portly gentleman. Mm-hmm. Right. Or the skinny man, the person that's not got a bit of meat to their bones. But it's we've got this thing here called stitch. <laughs> I've got this thing here. What the fuck? <laughs> I've got this thing here. I've got this thing here. Where do you hear about it? <laughs> I've got this thing here. Right, so listen. Whether you're fat, thin, tall or short, stitch fixes get you covered. It's an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes that you love effortless. It's a completely different way to shop and that's all about you every time. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash daft to set up your profile and they'll deliver great looks personalised just for you and your colours, your styles and to suit your budget. You pay a £10 styling fee for each fix, which is then credited towards anything that you keep. Um, you can schedule at any time, there's no subscription required, plus shipping returns and exchanges are easy and free. Stitch Fix does the hard work for you, making great style effortless for men and women. So get started today at stitchfix.co.uk slash daft. Make sure you use the show name to support our podcast. That's stitchfix.co.uk forward slash daft. Football dafts. Big question. Every team has that big derby game, whether it's Dundee versus Dundee United. You've got the Hearts and the Hibs, Motherwell Hamilton, St Mirren Morton. Or if it's Air versus Kelly, we all love to get one over on our rivals. This weekend, it's the biggest derby night in Scotland, the old firm. So we thought we would open it up to our favourite derbies, get our memories for the fans, no matter what team you support, and let us know your best memories. So, I mean, well, me and you, we kind of share the same derby day, don't we? There's nothing better than old firm weekend, isn't there? I do enjoy a Glasgow derby. <laughs> Here we but go. it's never... It's never the greatest game of football, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, Very rarely do you go like that. Do you know what? That was a right good technical game of football. Uh, a real derby is blood and thunder, over the ball tackles, elbows, strikers barging defenders out of the way, defenders flinging strikers away to fuck. A proper derby. You know what I mean? And I think, I think quite a lot of it's lost to football now, especially down in England. See, down in England, you don't get the the same kind of bile and hatred that you get for a right good derby up here, don't you know? That's, that's what I'm saying, like, um, I remember Mummy Porter saying that once, we were watching Scotland versus Brazil, he was going, ah, watching this game, there's no violence, there's no, you know, there's no bad singing, there's nothing like this, it's just not the same, I don't know, it's fucking true, <laughs> isn't it? I must admit, Chris, see what you just said there about loving an off-arm game, I, I don't, mate, I hate but, them. Well, they, Ryan, my You're weekend right, mate, is full of fear. Ah, uh, mate, I can't. I can't. Like, my, my girlfriend, she doesn't understand football, right? She's not properly into football. But it was a game, I think it actually had been the the last game that the Rangers beat. It was the last game we played, actually. Um, and I came home, and I was straight in my bed, covers over, and she literally woke me up three years later. She's like, you're an absolute embarrassment. <laughs> like, you're uh, such a wane going to your bed. I'm well, like... I used to, I, I genuinely used to, for a week leading up to it, my arse would be making buttons, honestly, right? 
for the full 90, you can't relax. No. It, do you know, Gredo, my favourite memory is, remember when Celtic won 6-2 at Celtic Park, right? See, even when it was 5-1, Mate. My, I, was, I still wasn't comfortable. Aye. Right? And I know that sounds daft, because if you've got a 5-1 lead over Endy, you've won the game. There's something about these games, man. It takes, like, I always think as well, right? It, like, it totally takes, it takes a good fucking 25, 30 mi- minutes to actually calm right down. I mean, I know all the way through, we've got the jitters and we're feet, but I actually think, because I mean, even with, with the kick-off and it goes out for a shy and all that, you're like, ah, fucking, do you know what I mean? It goes in there half and you're like, ah, wow, bright cold. And you, and you just, you can't settle. Like, it's, it's just, it's, it is a horrible feeling, but, it's a horrible feeling. I think it makes it a big pure difference. Pure anxiety. Pure anxiety the whole time you're watching it, man. I think what makes a big difference is if you're at the game, for some reason, I don't find it as bad, but if you're watching it in the telly, I don't know, there's made a kind of, oh, what's happening? Oh, what's, what's going on? And I can't even go around to my dad's to watch it this uh, this weekend. So I'm going to need to use the Sky Go. And Aye. I'll just swing my phone to fuck away from it. It's funny because I thought you were going to turn around and say that you can't watch it with your, with your dad. I get it because of the whole restrictions, but I thought you were going to say because there was a guy behind me that sat at Irox when I was about, I was about eight to I was 12. Do you know he was a season ticket holder? He went to every game, but he couldn't deal with the old firms. He just couldn't do it. He says, I yeah. can't come. I can't come. And the seat was either t- empty or he gave it to somebody else. He just couldn't well, deal with it. I'd see what she had in my seats at Celtic Park. I sat in the East Stand Lower, right? And it was Chris Bucks. It was either his dad or his brother or something like that. Sat a few seats away from us. And when, it, when Rangers would come to Parkhead, he, he was never at the game. Either uh, that, he was in hospitality, do you know what I mean? But he was <laughs> never in his seat. Because I used to sit literally, what, five rows away from where the, where the partition was. Do you know what I mean? And it was... That's interesting, what, that, isn't it? So, what is your favourite... Derby memory, but what would you say if you thought if you had to tell somebody right here's my favourite ever old firm feeling? Uh, my favourite, my favourite derby memory. Um, it's probably Venegar's goal um, in the last minute. Hated that. That was when Novo equalised, didn't he? Novo equalised, and I think did Venegar just come on in the last five minutes. Gredo, you want to know a story, mate? I fucking oh. missed the goal. You're joking. See when Nacho Novo, right, I'm going to get pelters for this, right? But when Nacho Novo scored. I was that fucking despondent. I left. Right, and I got to uh, London Road and I heard the fucking roar. No, it was Toll Cross Road. I got to Toll Cross Road and I tell you what, see when I heard the roar, Toll was cross. I heard the roar and I still celebrated it. See your wee, your wee scarf fenders and all that and the, at the back of the motor, at the boot of their car, mm-hmm. they had the radio on. And everybody that had left the ground was standing round this car and fucking the goal goes in. You hear the roar for the stadium and everybody's celebrating out in the street. Do you know what I mean? And I know I wasn't actually there to see mm. the goal, but that's still my favourite memory. That's a good it's one, a Ryan. strange what, one. What about you, Ryan? Does it need to be a goal or can it just be a moment in a game? Because there's one I that am... I find... One of my favourite moments was when um, Halliday got subbed off and Morelos came on when Rangers were getting beat. And all the Celtic fans were cheering, but they all waited until he came on. It was like, oh, 
then Morelos come on in the whole stadium. I think it was all the Celtic fans went, way. But I, I, so I, that I, is I, your favourite memory. I'm a Rangers player. It was, it was Come hilarious, on, but it was, no, I mean, just it was I'm hilarious. not even being obsessed. I'm not, I'm not having that, mate. Your favourite memory as a Celtic fan is Alfredo Morelos coming on to the pitch. No, just, it was the, that was my funniest moment. You better keep this in, Ryan. I will, uh, I'll keep it in. I'll kept keep kept it in there, brother. Now, favourite moment, 5-0 to win the league. It's got to be. That was, you know, uh, that, that was the best game to be at, but that was just my funniest moment. I enjoyed that one. Right, okay. See that 5-0 game? I was going off the ball that day. <laughs> I was like, ah, can you come in such and such a day? And I went, that's an old firm. And I was sitting there, man, and it was just, I was getting pelted. Every time a goal went in, they would come on to me. It was horrible. But I'd say my favourite memory is going to be Morris Edu's goal in the 91st minute. Baguera into Edu and he taps it in. Like one of the last kicks of the game. I think it was Robbie Keane's first game. It was that one where... Thompson went through him, so I would Aye, say that's probably my considering Baguera should have been sent off about fucking ten times. Oh, I do. Oh, well, we never been. Very sensitive. Anyway, this has oh. got me a wee bit g'd up. I must admit, I'm looking forward to this now. I mean, obviously, as we say, the sleepless nights have definitely started, but it's the day after the morrow, obviously, people are listening to Friday, man. The battle fever is on. Battle fever, mate. That's it. So let's get to talking about what the, the punters are saying about this one. Uh, so Jamie says, Charlie Adam, free kick under the wall as it was my first old firm game. Rangers won 2-0. I, I, I genuinely do not remember that game. Aye. That was right. I mean, Charlie Adam had been taking a lot of abuse up until then. And he still taking a lot of abuse even after that goal. But I totally remember that. That was, I don't know if that was maybe, it couldn't have been the, the, the Le Guin season, but it might have been the season after. I can't quite remember. No, because did Le Guin not only manage one old firm game and it was the one where... Uh, Mladanovic scored in the last minute. Something like that. I'm, I wouldn't even look that up when Charlie Adams scored that free kick. We've got David George, a cold night in March the 7th. A cold night, March the 7th, 1989. Falkirk Vegan Fermlin. This goes down in history as Super Tuesday with the Burns. Big Leishman's bubble was burst in front of a crowd of over 9,200 at Brockville. Goals for McWilliams, Rutherford, McGivern and Burgess will forever be my best army. I see that score. Like what was the score, Davey? What was the score? Well, I mean, they might have scored four goals, but then Fenland might have scored five. <laughs> Robbie says the Renfrewshire Derby is the best. He loves the atmosphere when it's packed with fans and it won't be the same next month. If I'm taking it, that's a St. Martin and uh, Martin. St. Martin, yeah. Aye, aye. Right, uh, we've got Matty. I was in the cell again for Samaras's New Year double. And I could see my mate giving me stick for the Rangers side. Uh, you could hear him. You were that close to him. Then Sammy scored his first, then nothing. After his second, I turned to look at him and he disappeared. <laughs> Seat was empty. That's, a, that's another game I remember. I watched that with a Celtic mate, Porter, who I was talking about before. Watched that with Porter. Was that not the game? Did, did Sam and Arsenal miss a penalty at first or did he score a penalty? And then no, he scored the penalty. He scored he the penalty. penalty. In the next one. Aye, that was terrific. I'll never watch a... Never watch an old firm with a, with a Celtic fan man again. It's just, do you know what? But there was a boozer in the Stevenson called the Glen Cairn, right? And I was, I was, I was too young for it. But my brother always says that it was a kind of mixed pub and what they would do just on old firm days. One side of the pub was Celtic, and one side of the pub was Rangers. And the, you, was mind just, the, you mind the pub at Big Wolfie Hood and Aniston? Uh, See on old firm day, the lounge was Celtic supporters and the bar was Rangers supporters. See that? that that's cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the way it should be, you know, you should be able to, like, see any time there's a, a Celtic Rangers game, but half of my mates are Rangers fans and half of them are Celtic fans, mm -hmm. and we always, always meet up after the game, always, 
doesn't matter what the score is. You know what I mean? You, you sit and you talk about the game, you go, oh, what about that fucking tackle for such and such? I, I can never touch them, you know what I mean? You, you get that you get that banter and all that going, it's brilliant, man. There's, there's nothing to beat it. Nothing to beat it at all. David says, mine's just to be the 2012 Scottish Cup final. Best day of my life seeing Hearts hammer the Hibs at Hamden. Rudy Scatchel's last ever game for Hearts and what a send-off it was for him. Was that the 5-1 game? 5-1, mate. I Aye. watched that with my mates. It's on a broken telly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Kurt Angle done a fucking autograph signing at Tynecastle, and uh, I was asked to go along with the, the organisers there and the Hearts guy. He was like the weekend uh, hospitality guy, and he was like, Dave Escredo, put five, on, five fingers there and one on there, and one finger there, and I'm going, all right, they bought it. And I totally didn't get that's what it was. And then the next day it was all fucking Gado's a jambo bastard. No, that's the name, Ken, but it was a boot. Well, you're wearing the right jumper for it today, then, my man, aren't you? <laughs> right, uh, Xander says it has to be the goal he saved from that penalty from Big Pierre Van Hoydonk in their 1 0 win against Celtic back in 1996. I was 16 and in a room full of Celtic supporters with some buzz. <laughs> I remember, see that, see that game? I've got a pure memory of that. I, I mean, I must have been. What, what year was that, 1996? So I would have been eight. I can remember that like it was yesterday. I remember sitting in the house with my dad, big gold butt. I remember everything about that game. Was, was that not the game as well that um, Gascoigne missed a penalty as well? And, and big fucking Peter Van Vossen. Aye, put the ball over the bar. Niall says, Lannix of Derby has to be Louis Maltz, last minute winner for Motherwell with a header in at the far corner. Motherwell fans went wild. The scenes were magnificent. It was back around Hogmanay time when we won 1-0 versus Hamilton. Scott says, August 2000, Celtic 6, Rangers 2. Martin was first old firm game against a very strong Rangers team that had dominated in the previous couple of years. The free goal blitz in the first 20 minutes was incredible and Larson's chip is still the best old firm goal I've ever seen. Hashtag, that is sensational. What was that like that day? Yeah, fucking hell, man. Honest to God, that like a couple of seasons prior, I'd never really experienced this hammering Rangers properly until a couple of seasons prior when Dr. Joe, remember, we won 5 1. Aye, that's right. Even that was even, three o'clock on a Saturday, that game. That's mental, isn't it? I know, man. That was the last one that kicked off at three o'clock on a Saturday. Was that? That's good. Aye. A wee bit of info there, a wee bit of infotainment. Too. There you go, infotainment, bro. Uh, but the, the 6 2 game was, oh, man. I see what well, I said earlier on that even when it was five one, I never felt comfortable. Aye. Well, Rangers had some side, man. They had some side. They had, they had Alberts. They had uh, Van Bronckhorst, Rod Wallace up front, uh, Barry Ferguson. I think Rickson uh, did. Rickson will get get pulled off. Rickson get taken off after twenty minutes. Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Scott Wilson never played in that game. Barry Ferguson gets sent off, didn't he? Uh, Scott Wilson played in the 5-1 game, I think. 5-1 game. He gets sent half high, but that Rangers team was unbelievable. I think they had Newman as well, uh, Arthur Newman. Mm -hmm. And that Rangers side really was tremendous, man. I I just remember watching my dad going, you have got to be kidding me. But as you say, that was like the first, I suppose the 5-1 game, you're right, but definitely in Makina. Makina. memory. Aye, that was the first one where I was like, wah, wah. Totally remember it. I, what I can remember that day is just Chris Sutton. I could just see Chris Sutton for that day. But also, we had Billy Dodge, the team member. I've spoken about this on the podcast before. Oh. When I read an interview and he said that was the best game he's ever played in. <laughs> best, best atmosphere, wasn't it? Did he not get a goal chopped off that day? I might have. And it was on, he was onside. He was about fucking five yards onside mm. and he scored and it got chopped off. 
I remember. Uh, but that was a that was a great Celtic side and a great Rangers side. That was the last, probably, the last uh, Celtic Rangers game that had any sort of world class players in it. I would say. I well, think I mean, that, that was a game that kind of kicked off Celtic. Aye, it was under a new, under a new, definitely, Gredo. Aye. I would say because after that, I just felt it was the Larsons, and you had. Aye, but then we went, then we went to Ibrox later that season, and he's fucking turned us over five one. That's right, that's right. I remember that game as well. That was Hank Amato was playing in that game. That was Flo's debut. Was it Flo's debut? That's remember right. he, he fucking backheeled it into the top corner aye, by accident. That's right. That's right. Wow, what a memory! I mean. <laughs> Because I remember, did he did Flono get signed on a Friday and he played on a Sunday? It was Aye, and he scored. Man. That's right, man. Crazy. I remember man. I was in Greaves Sports when it got announced that Rangers had signed Tori Andre for, and it was on the radio in Greaves Sports, 12 million quid. I was like, for fuck's sake, where have they got that for? Well, we yeah. know that they didn't have it. So. And thank you very much for <laughs> football. Your questions have been great. <laughs> football Daft with G4 Claims. Find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at G4 Claims Limited. Right, folks, you can now get more content for Football Daft on Patreon. Just in case you don't know what Patreon is, it's a subscription service that you sign up to not only support the podcast, but you will also get more content. So a shout out to some of the guys that have joined in the last week. We've got Liam Davidson, Ryan Duncan, Goshi, and Larson Boy, amongst others. So we've set up three tiers from which you can choose for. Tier 1 is £5 a month and it's League 1. On there you get early access to episodes, an ad-free version of the show, Patreon-only chat community, and a full video version of the podcast. Tier 2 is £7.50 a month and it's a championship. You'll get everything for Tier 1, plus some brand new podcasts for us. On there you can hear Rangers Daft with Stevie and Gredo, and Celtic Daft with me. And this week, it's Celtic Daft versus Rangers Daft ahead of the Glasgow Derby. Teammates, each week guests will talk about their teammates in a feature they've just ripped right off for Soccer AM. I, don't, I wonder who I am. Jink I'm Tubes? Jink I'm Tubes, Ryan? No, you're just a tube. No Tubes. Oh, for fuck's sake, thanks very much for that. <laughs> right, so we've ripped that off for Soccer AM. <laughs> Up there at the moment, you can hear Kevin Harper, Keith Lasley, Marco Negri, John Sutton, Jim Duffy, Rob Jones, Greg Doherty and John Hartson. And this week you'll be hearing for Chick Young and he'll be regaling us with tales of who the biggest shagger that he's ever met is. Um, you also get football daft outtakes. Now last week there was 25 minutes worth of outtakes. And I'm telling you, every time John sends them to me, I wish we could keep some of them in. But for legal reasons, it's probably best that we don't. Um, you get everything else in the previous tiers as well. Tier 3 is an exclusive premiership tier. This is the one for the big hitters. Right, we've limited this one to 100 members. There's no many spaces left. So it's £10 a month and you'll get everything that we've just mentioned. Plus, you get a free Fitbadaf t-shirt if you're signed up for a minimum of four months. Uh, you get to play me or Stevie at FIFA. It says here it must be on PS4. Only until November, when your old dad gets a PS5. What I'm saying, Grad, you're a video game master these days. <laughs> you need to hook yourself up with a wee PS5, my man. Um, nah, but I, I did get the new FIFA, and I'll tell you what, it's just the same as the old FIFA. Mate, I've seen a guy on BBC, um, The Social, he just absolutely buried it and said the whole thing's all changed and it's a lot harder and it's... 
taking the fun out of the game, man. It's came a long it's, way for the old ISS, hasn't it? I, you know, I, I, started a, I started a career mode on it, and it's you need to train your players and all that shit now. And Aye, fuck, I, that. Uh, fuck that, man. I just gave me a controller. I want to play. Right, anyway, uh, you get to play as on FIFA, and um, you also get the first chance to be the pundit on either Rangers or Celtic Daft. So we'll be adding more stuff to these tiers as the season progresses. And that's what we've got to start off with. So if you fancy uh, any of that, get your half signed up to patreon.com forward slash football daft. That's patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com and football daft, all one word. So get involved now as we would love to welcome you to the squad. Gentlemen, let's welcome to Football Daft, a Scottish broadcast legend. He's a star of radio and our TV screens. It's the one and only Mr. Chick Young. How are you doing, Chick? Thanks very much for coming on the show. I'm doing very well. And with everything that's happening in this world, I'm delighted that I'm still actually here and breathing. Well, as long may it continue, Chick, because it would be a fucking boring place without you on the radio, my man. (laughs) Well, at least to the end of this podcast, eh? I once we get it out of the way, you can do what I Yeah, do what I want. Chick, <laughs> what do you make of Scotland now? Well, I, 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 I knew that Stevie Clark was the only man to take charge of the, the situation we were in, and he's done magnificently. Let's get this in perspective. We're not playing like Barcelona or indeed uh, once upon a time Brazil, but we have become very difficult to beat and have now put eight unbeaten results together which is the first time that's happened, I think, since 1988 for Scotland. So um, I like the cut of Stevie Clark's jib. I always have done. I've known him for a long time since he scored the only goal for Scotland uh, under-19 team in the World Championships in the Aztec Stadium in Mexico in 1983. Scotland won 1-0. Stevie scored, and I was there. It's to see him come full circle and he go through all of the... All the steps that he went through down at Chelsea, what have you, and all of that. Um, it must be you must be quite proud of him to an extent. Oh, you're proud of him. He does a job for Scotland. We just needed a, a good manager. He strikes me he's been old school. You know, it reminds me a bit of when I was a, a kid in this business growing up. I was I was petrified of people like of Jock Steen and and Willie Waddle who were always Mister Waddle and Mister Steen to me. Uh, and and things have changed. Times have changed. But Stevie just has a wee ring of the old school about him and he, people won't mess him about. Uh, and and I, I do like that. And, and you know, you talk about as a player, Simon got 400 grand for, for him from Chelsea uh, all these years ago. And he's always been an outstanding player uh, and a lovely bloke. You know, people think he's a bit dry, but he's got a great sense of humour. It comes across to me as a wee bit kind of crab it, but I, I kind of like that about him. Well, you agree, you come across as crabby to people, but people kind of like you. Do they? Do you like <laughs> me, Chick? I've always liked you. I think you're off your trolley, but I've always liked you. Hey, what I seen well, we done in Scott Squad last year, that was a great wee scene, was it not? Well, I, it was It was an experience. And had I known that it was on again, again and again, I might have rego- renegotiated the repeat piece. But, well, uh, Chick, tell me about it. I've been on Scott Squad, the most watched fucking clip in Scott Squad history. And I didn't make a fraction of what this bastard makes <laughs> off it. Listen, as long as you know better about it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's on Scott Squad's on quite a lot, but it's known every year like the way only an excuse is. Now we had questions about only excuse. We both said to each other before it started. I bet he can't have asked me then. 
dealing with the only excuse stuff. But in this day and age, how how do you still cope with that? Because that was what we had to read there. Everywhere he goes, he'll be haunted. Everybody, oh, oh, oh. That's exactly that's the bit I says I'm not reading out. That's exactly what it says. And it, it must get on your fucking tits, chick. <laughs> yeah, it does. But <laughs> I, 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 when it, I can, when the thing started, I couldn't conceive why anyone. It started on uh, naked radio. They started the whole excuse thing of just radio, and then. And the first time I met Johnny Watson was at a, a Tenant Sixties thing, a celebrity game we were playing, I think, at half time in the competition at the, oh, where would it have been, the SECC in the late 80s. And, oh, and, 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 and I was, and, I, and the thing started to grow so much. What happened to me in the very late 80s, early in the 90s was ridiculous. A, a pal of mine, one of my best pals, Bill Craig, went to live in Cape Town, and I didn't see him for a number of years through the 90s. And the first time he came back, he said, let's go into town. I says, Bill, I, I can't go into town. He says, what are you talking about? I says, for a drink. I says, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a nightmare. And um, <laughs> he said, oh, well, your big kid got you now and all that stuff. I says, right, let's go into town. And every t- and I, I can't, I think camera phones were invited in. They're the curse. But the, the, the people just dragged me in every two minutes. <laughs> this is me, Chick Young, standing where I am, which is here. And just getting pulled every every thirty seconds, I'm getting pulled all over the place. And Bill turned to me, and I remember this clearly. Said, "What the fuck happened?" But <laughs> <laughs> see, that's a funny thing. I can. It's funny because I can imagine you with your mate in Glasgow and turning around to him and going, "What did I fucking tell you? What did I tell you?" <laughs> that's all it is. And, and and you know, it's it's been funny. The other thing about there's a few times up when it's starting, I'm thinking. Oh, it's just a caricature of me. And then I thought about it, and Johnny's impersonations of everybody, everybody else were so spot on. And I thought, eventually it dawned on me, surely I'm the only, only one that's a caricature. There was one, one day, Hulk Benet, um, with an ex-partner, and uh, we were in my house. I had a big, I had a Victorian conversion, a big, you know, high ceilings, <coughs> box shields, and big uh, mantelpiece. And Johnny opened this particular only excuse and hug me with uh, leaning in the mantelpiece, dressed and doing the spit about the fate of Rangers. And I looked at my mantelpiece and I looked at the one in the telly and I looked at the room in the telly and I looked at my room and I turned to her and I said, did you like that wee bastard on here to film? Because it, <laughs> it, it was the double of my, my room. How they knew that, I don't know. It's funny you say you had a, Vic- a Victorian house. You you like Victorias, don't you? Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> what happened was well, too many old flames there, and, and ironically, we done in old flames. But that's not. <laughs> 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 but the whole only excuse thing with Johnny and me, and he's a great pal of mine. Yeah, you know, he's a great guy. And um, I just think, of course, I can laugh at it. If it's funny, it's funny. If it's not funny, it's not funny. But Philip Duffer's writing and the way they portrayed it, it made life hell for me with the whole Rangers thing. And but, but you know, you, it's been good as well, and it gives you profile and it, and it, it keeps you keeps you in demand when I, when you might be forgotten. So, but see what you're talking about the the Rangers thing making life hell for you. You can't get that anywhere, do you? You don't get folks still saying you're a Rangers fan now, do you? You kid me on, Grado. But well. What I'm saying is, if anybody actually listens to, I mean, obviously they take it for only an excuse, and what have you. 
But I, I don't think it comes across like that on the radio show. I know it's obviously about to be a but you, you still get that then. No, so, so what happened was, the, the, this, the coincidence of this was that when Only Excuse really started getting popular, I had just written a book about Rangers, which I did for the, for the best of reasons, which was money. Aye. So, so <laughs> it was called Rebirth of the Blues, and it made me a lot of money. And it suited them at the time that I was a big Rangers fan. Now, listen, the background of this is, I was born in Govan. I was brought up the south side of Glasgow. Uh, I went to a school that was about a mile less than from Ibrooks. At one point, the headmaster was a director of Rangers. My brother, God rest him, was a big Rangers fan. Uh, my pals were Rangers fans. I had every reason in the world to be a Rangers fan, but I wasn't. I never was a kid. I rebelled. And I actually would confess to when I was a young lad supporting Hearts for some bizarre reason. I never quite, I have no idea what that was about. Um, and then my stepdad, my dad died. My stepdad was a big Severn fan. And I never knew I was a Severn fan as a kid. But I started, as my career began to build up, I started to be infected by the, the curse of becoming, a, having a personal affection for someone because of my dad. And then he's, he's, he died the year after I won the cup. So I've kind of taken that on board. But everybody thinks I'm a Rangers fan for Paisley when in fact I'm a Simon fan for Govan. See, it's weird, right? I'm listening to you talk there and I watched um, American Murder Story last week about the guy that um, killed his wife and that. And the way that he was talking in the confession room and talking to the police, and clearly lying. For some reason, I don't know, it sounded like you were just making up as you go along. And you're, you're getting right out of your way here to, to denounce being a Rangers fan. And then my dad, and then the headmaster, and my brother, and, and I like tarts! I like tarts! Right, he's he's right. not just that, he's flinging off the scent, he's flung in a couple of deaths along the way, I know. Know what I mean? Alright, 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 alright boys, I murdered my wife. <laughs> 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 you only murdered her because she found your stash of Rangers jerseys. <laughs> what, what I do in the bedroom is my business. Do you still enjoy going on the radio? Chick? You still enjoy doing it every weekend? I do. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I, I never used the word retired. People can say, you know, I, 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 I turned 65. A while back, and and I and I just stepped back, but I never, I didn't want to retire. I'm still like I love the Scottish football world. I love going. I'd be going to games anyway. I love mixing with people, talking about football. Um, it's been it's been my life, you know. I've managed since 19. I worked in I worked in a copy boy in the Daily Record and a couple of local papers, but I have been a full time football journalist since 1973. And that's a long time, and it's all I've really known. And of course, you build up contacts, you enjoy the world. I've had the best of it. Time, I run the absolute perfection in this business. Uh, I've had, you know, newspapers, magazines, radio, television, uh, maintained columns while I was working in radio and television, books. So, and I've gotten to know people, and I would miss it all hell if they, if they eventually just booted me out the door. You know, I'd probably be hanging around somewhere going, get a job. <laughs> Let me I go. Yeah, if, they, if they put you at the door, just start a podcast, mate. It's magic. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. So, so over I, over the years, you've done, you've you've uh, been at numerous numerous football matches that I would have loved to have been at. What's your favourite one? What's your favourite one you've ever you've ever been at? They come they come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, a cup of the World Cup 
Spain 82, Mexico 86, Italy 90, didn't go to 94, uh, 98 in France. I've also covered the World Cups, uh, 2006 in Germany, 2010 in South Africa when Scotland weren't there. And it's much better fun when Scotland are there. But um, St Martin won in the Cup in 87 when we beat Dundee United, which was the worst game in history. But, but your team won the Cup, so that's it. But actually, my greatest memories, and I touched it earlier with Stevie Clark, we're going with the youth team uh, to Finland in 1982 when we became European champions. And people like, you know, Pat Nevin was, was unbelievable, Jim McInally and that team. Uh, and, and then the next year, as I said, Stevie Clark's team in, in Mexico, because we were European champions, so we qualified for the Under-19 World Cup. And there was only three Scottish journalists on that trip. We were away for five weeks. We did <laughs> altitude training. In, uh, in Colorado Springs uh, and then went to the game itself and the three journalists were Jack Adams and Dick Donnelly two great guys who sadly uh, no longer with us wonderful, wonderful guys uh, and my memories of that are absolutely precious because it was Eric Black and people like that coming through in the team and you got to know the players and you were the first journalist they related to so they've always had a, a special relationship I think in the wake of all that but but uh, you know, the World Cups, uh, that game in Brazil, uh, against Brazil when we, in France, when we opened the tournament, unbelievable, unbelievable stuff, 86 in, in Mexico. And it just gets your heart thumping to think. And I just assumed I'd beat the World Cup every four years. Mm -hmm. And here, what do you know? It never worked out that way. Uh, I know. I think we'll be the next one. I've got a feeling we're going we're gonna to start qualifying for stuff, man. Honestly, and hopefully if... If Steve Clark can keep this Scotland team as difficult to play against as he has done, and we can frustrate these teams and sneak a goal here and there, Greece won the fucking tournament then that. Do you know That's what I mean? Right. So yeah. I don't see I don't see why Scotland can't aspire to do that. Yeah, but you've got and and, and to, to get to our finals, whether it's the European Championship or the World Cup, you've no idea what it does to the nation that you know, I was kinda of leading I was lucky to go there. But the interest in the, what it does for, for mm -hmm. the you know, the financial state of the nation, apart from there, was lifts the soul. And by God, does this nation need its soul lifted just now? Right. It, 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 just, it just would be so fantastic to just get there. And of course, the final irony will be if we do get to Euro 21 now, that the Tartan Army won't be allowed to go. Right. That would be dreadful. <laughs> and you're, and you're right. It's Scottish. Uh, you're right. And it does need it because, I mean, as you say, we've no qualified since 1998. That's like two generations that have missed all these tournaments. And I think it's had an effect on, well, the likes of me, right? I was 10 when in the 1998 World Cup, loved it. I can remember the day, June the 10th, amazing. But because of the, this, because of the, the gap in between qualifying for these tournaments, man, I, I definitely put my hands up. I've, I've got to admit it. My interest in international football has went right down. I just don't know what it is. I can't, I can't get myself G'd up for it. And I don't... What? See what you're saying now? See when it happens, the, the what Chick says, the full country can mm -hmm. it's there's no there's no allegiances, there's no splits down the middle. Everybody's aiming for the one thing, everybody's behind Scotland. I remember ninety, I remember ninety two, I remember uh, well we never qualified in ninety four, ninety six and ninety eight. Those are the those are the four tournaments that I remember. And it's you're standing there with your Rangers supporting pals or your Celtic supporting pals, and you're all supporting the one team. And it doesn't matter who a player plays for. I don't know how many Kenny Miller goals I went fucking tonto for watching Scotland. 
you know what I mean? But it's a trick. It, you, you, you'll agree with me here. It's just a different ball game altogether, isn't it? It really is. Well, I, I remember even at a professional level, the night before the opening game in, in, in Paris against Brazil, um, we were doing sports scene from, from Paris, a studio on, on a boat on the Thames, on the Thames, on the, on the Seine. <laughs> and uh, uh, it, was, it was definitely saying that was the days the BBC had a better budget. Anyway, <laughs> uh, right, check, you, I had to go with a cameraman uh, into the, the night before the game and, and film a piece on the Champs-Élysées um, kissing as many Brazil and French women as I could. Now, That's a terrible <laughs> job. I'm not sure people would get sent out to do that kind of work now. But I tell you what, I had to take a belt for the team and go out and do it. I just interviewed them and it was it was it was incredible. It was incredible times and what 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 a World Cup does. Uh and, and I've you know, football's been so good. I've seen the world thanks thanks to football. Or thanks to my job in football. Uh, I think the other thing about the beauty of when I was going to World Cups, I the first trip I ever went abroad was with Celtic. In 1975, I think it was after Mr. Steen's accident, uh, and they played uh, Reykjavik. So they played Akranes in Iceland, and um, I don't know. Johannes Edvardsson had come from there and signed for Celtic. He was like the king of Iceland. Anyway, the point was, now Iceland is really one of the Outer Hebrides, geographically speaking. We went on the Sunday lunchtime for a Wednesday night game and came back to Thursday night. It was. And yet, and you'd one story to write a day for the newspaper, and there were no mobile phones, there was no internet. It was just brilliant, and oh, yeah. you lived life to the full. And I bet you didn't hope that there's seven women to every guy on Iceland on all check. Well, you do ask some of my colleagues about that. I think the quality, <laughs> the quality is the important thing, but I don't want to get into it. It was just, it was just a good time with lovely, welcoming people. And, you got you go, you go if I've been playing Moldova. Who would go to Moldova if you Aye. if you were you what? You know, Georgia but Georgia's beautiful Tbilisi is a beautiful city. But there are places I've been to you you know, you would most people have been to Spain or France or you know, America maybe I've just been places that it's just it's just been absolutely phenomenal all over Mexico. Mm. Two two five week periods in Mexico. Um it's just been it was the World Cups I've identified. Going with Scotland and with Bertie to, to Hong Kong and to, to, to Korea, South Korea. Uh, incredible stuff. So listen, everybody knows all about the Walter Smith interview where he went nuts at you, right? But has there ever been any other managers that have wanted to strangle you? Oh, Christ, I... <laughs> Ian McCall had ran to me last week. Um, uh, Walters, I need to tell you about the Walter one because... It was the it was the, it was the day the morning after the night before the AK I think it was at ninety three, and uh, I was sent out to interview him. And I've heard the story. Walter and I are great pals. Where still are, um, but he's a he is a one grumpy bastard at times. And that was I knew that was going to be an effort. So he wasn't doing any interviews, uh, and I said I'm hanging around. And his secretary Laura lovely, lovely, and said. I apparently said to him, you know he'll not go away until you go and do it. And I would have staked out. I'd tell me to stay up in the tunnel, so up the tunnel. And you've probably seen the clip now where uh, the beauty of it is, Walters says, I said something about 
what what it said, I think it was Basil Bowie, uh, wasn't he good enough for a European, and he said he'd won a European Cup medal. But before that, I, said, I had said something, so is Tommy Gemmell, but he's about 63 now. So that, that was where I, I shouldn't have said that, that cracked him up. And there's the beautiful short thing where if you watch it, he says, you'll see the camera shake a bit, and he says, no wonder you're laughing, Billy. Now, Billy was my cameraman, Billy Frew, who sadly died of cancer a few years ago. Uh, and at that point, <laughs> the beauty of the shot is Archie Knox, because we're shooting down the tunnel, and Archie Knox comes up the tunnel and says, and now Walter turns to him and says, have you heard his fucking questions? And Archie says, tell me he's taking his mic's run up his fucking ass." But the, the, t the beauty of it was the shot, because <laughs> Archie just walks through the shot brilliantly. Anyway, I kept the thing going because I needed to get a clip for reporting Scotland. I got him, and what on you in these days, if you swore, you would never have been broadcast. So we saved, I got, I knew it 30 seconds, which is all I needed of decent stuff. And in these days, you go back to BBC, and once you'd edited your piece, you threw that all the tape was recycled. I decided to keep that tape in my bottom drawer. The next Christmas, there was a BBC in house Christmas tape that went out, and anybody, um, they were always a, a memo in these days. Is anybody any good stuff? I said, I have got this great stuff with me and Walter Smith. And went in the Christmas tape. And I have to tell you, the in-house BBC Christmas thing was better than any programme we ever made that went out. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, more time and more love and affection went into it. Uh, and anyway, that went in. And what happened was that the, the tape went out. It was, it was somebody took it out of the building, which never happened. And they were, it was downloaded on VHS copies and was shown in pubs and all the rest of it. Uh, and that's how it got out and how it was preserved. So people say, oh, how do you feel about that? Well, it was me that preserved it. I could have thrown it in the bin. That's <laughs> the point. And then they, when it went on to YouTube, uh, the news of the world phoned me and said, uh, this thing's in YouTube. And I said, right, wait a minute, before you go any further, what the fuck's YouTube? So the boy explained <laughs> to me, by that time, it was about a million hits. I phoned Walter. Walter said, this thing's in YouTube. And Walter said, what the fuck's YouTube? <laughs> and I said, I told because I had explained to me. I said, right, he said, there must be money. And I see if we got a pound a hit, that's a million pounds, we can give it to charity. <clears throat> and I said, you can do what you want with your half. But anyway, the thing, <laughs> the thing is going on, and it's now, it's turned full circle because Walter's been haunted by it because his grandson said to him a wee while back, watched on YouTube and said to, to Walter, Granddad, why are you swearing at that man? <laughs> so it's, it's come back to haunt him. It's come back to haunt him. But that, I want people to know, that I don't run from it. It was me that kept the tape, or it would not have existed. And there's so many over the years that I probably should have kept as well to show that it was. Um, Tommy Neil used to make me sing the Celtic song on the team bus when we were away and, and tour before he would start the engine. We get the driver to start the engine. Who's that? Mark, Mark McNeil. Bill McNeil. Billy McNeil. Billy McNeil. So way back when I was running in the Evening Times, Billy was a fantastic human being. I see that I love that story because I remember hearing talking about it before that it's see I had originally I didn't know that you had preserved it I knew that it was a, a tape within the BBC but did you, like did you know like it must just have came out of nowhere the YouTube thing but for years I, it was kept away. Oh, so so great it was it was so what happened someday the BBC copied it on a VHS tape and they were showing it around pubs because there was no internet right. then <laughs> so they were showing it around the pubs and. Um, and I, they actually, the news was about phoned me about this, and it was grainy footage. And then, um, somewhere down the line, 10 years on or whatever it was, 
YouTube had started and somebody had got it on and uploaded it, downloaded it, whatever it is, and uh, that, at the start of YouTube. And it's, I don't know, it's about three million hits or something. Oh, it's, it's just more than that. No, but it's been replicated and replicated that many times, man. It must be near to about, what, about 50 million hits, I would say, the amount of times it's been shared on Facebook. Oh, I'm telling you, it is one of the kind of... Is there any other tapes out there that you check? No, is there anything? Uh, I, think there's, I think there's one of me and... I mean, is it one of me and Jim Taylor? But when there's 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 a lot of joy. I, 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 this may come as a shock to you guys, but I don't lie in my bed at night and Google myself. That sounds worse than it's meant to be. I remember, I remember, I was at a charity football match once, and you were playing in it, right? And you were no fuck, you were fucking no bad. I'll be honest with you, you were no bad. You still kick a ball. I've still. I'm still playing sixes. The love in the side game has passed me by. We, that, yeah, it was probably the great Duke of Pumperson thing. Now, there's another great adventure of my life. 25 years of <clears throat> going around the world with Duke of, you know, thing. Again, started um, from the the naked uh, the naked radio thing where they had a, they had a fictional a fictional amateur team called Duke of Pumperson Sawmill and Tannery, uh, and that was Johnny Watson <laughs> and, and Johnny Watson and Tony Roper. And I had what happened about 1988, I think, anybody there. Um, Variety Club had a, had a, a, a the East Enders had a, had a charity football team, the Casting Bates East Enders, and a couple of ex pros and that. And they were coming to Glasgow, uh, and, and the Variety asked me if I could get a team together, celebrity ex players team, to play the Casting East Enders at, at Fir Hill. Uh, and I remember I got a team, big Andy Ritchie, Alan Ruff, Jim Leishman, Walter, Smith, um, I, uh, all the boys, the, the, the we Alan McDonald played, I think. Uh, there's a picture of it I saw quite recently somewhere. Anyway, I remember 7,000 people turned up. I remember the directors of Patrick Thistle saying to me, what, what is all this? I said, it's a fucking crowd. And they... <laughs> They never, <laughs> they never saw the Spanish side of that. Anyway, so the thing, people came to me. We won the game 2-0, I think. But anyway, so so people were coming to me. Oh, yeah, you're on a, 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 a celeb ex-players team. No, not really, but we can get a team together. And it became more and more regularly, regular. Tony and Johnny played. Um, and something, John Blackley, John Brownley, we are McDonald's. It was brilliant. Ali Hunter became the goalie. Big Ruffy wanted to play up front. And we had great fun. Danny McGrain, Danny played. So we had a bit of a team. Uh, and we adopted the name Duke LaPomperson from the brilliant. from the thing they did, they could radio. And it grew and grew. And we had a dinner every year, 25 years of a, of a dinner, massive dinner, uh, which was fantastic fun. We went around the world of literally playing charity games. We went to Brazil, Canada, South Africa. Spain, um, I mean, the, the joints and the adventures and that, playing games and, and, and with the dinner to raise funds to go and play and we play for charities in these countries. I've just named them. We played three games. Did you know week. I've played all your games in Scotland and donated the travel money to the charity? No. <laughs> no. An international, I mean, would you like it? Celtic never played out of the country and raised their name. Listen, Maybe it's fucking starting to get that way, chick. <laughs> I like we were. I think we were in Europe longer, but it was it was it, it was fantastic fun. Um, uh, and and the camaraderie with with the boys and the band. And I think I think players miss the dressing room atmosphere when they retire. And when we were away together, the, the crack with Cuba. We went to Cuba for a week, 
uh, it was just ridiculous. And some of his, some of these stories uh, of of these trips, I, I keep getting asked to write my autobiography, but I've never got out to it. I don't oh, think I, I've, I'd be good. The only thing I've told on Grado was I've got I've got the name yet. I'm going to be called. I'm going to call it. You're never going to believe this, because I think that's exactly what what the reaction will be when it happens. <laughs> Is the best part? Is Grado still waiting for the name of the book, girl? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> you tell? Am <laughs> I making it that obvious? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was I going to ask you? Whatever. Ah, how's Cuba, by the way? Because that's after the quarantine list. I read that this morning. I've got a week off in November. Okay, get yourself. I don't think you would say, the uh, first time I went was 97, and I went back in 2001. And even in these four years, the change was incredible. You know, and the whole relationship with the Americans has kind of screwed it up a bit. Uh, mm. But but wonderful people, fabulous island. Um, yeah, I, I loved I love Cuba. Get yourself there, absolutely. Yeah, I'll get you some cigar list. Right. Tell you what, it's either going to be Cuba or Malport, so we'll see what happens in the next couple of days. No contest there. You're talking about Fantasy Island. Fantastic. See when you were see when you were playing for the Clerkumfersen against the Eastenders. Did any of the big hitters for Eastenders try and put a mark on you? No, I mean I, 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 I see the players I've just listed. They were my team. Aye. I think I was maybe away doing the target rich zone. I think, and also I had I protection the guy Jimmy Bone, Jimmy Bones. Oh, <laughs> You never, you win it. You, you win it. You don't see you're a, a player playing a charity game. You do not tangle with ex-professional players. You'll not know what happened to you. You know yeah. they get, you, you, they get two try try the big man, and they get one or two tackles and and last one son, and the next thing the boy's doing, he's never, he never know what happened. Professionals know things. Just clear this up. He's were playing Eastenders the telly, as in you were playing against Ian Beale. Ah, yeah, the Arsenal's for Eastenders, mate. Aye. Well, there were stand that a couple of boys I played with Arsenal, but we used to play. We we played all sorts of teams. Stan Boardman and that. Stan Boardman brought a team up to Liverpool and we played at Broadwood. That was the other thing. We got to play in. There's not many stadia, and and I played. I played at Hamden, Celtic Park, Ibrox, Smurn Park. I mean, right through the. There's not many Motherwell. There's grounds for these charity games that I played in. <laughs> Some of the greatest players in Scottish football history, and they played in. Mm. It's at Wembley, I played at Wembley. It's, it's, yeah. it was, I played in. The, I played in a game to when Hamden was rebuilt. Was that '99? And they and they had a game to test, you know, the, the access from fans and all that. There was twenty-seven thousand. Rod Stewart was playing in my team. Tommy Burns was the captain of the team. And right then, Ruffy, I think, and then Ken Douglas, myself, Rod Stewart coming out. I thought. I'm the only person that's line up I don't recognise. <laughs> I tell you, was a player in one of the charity games that surprised me, Peter Martin. I mean, Aye. you might see the belly on him, but he's shit hot. Did you see him at Airdrie, uh, Toe? I, I played in that. I get sent off in that game. Oh, did you? So I did. No, no, it was the first one I get sent off in. Uh, he sent off for sticking. He'd done somebody in a charity game, check. I'm ashamed of myself. Aye, well. <laughs> the guy's knee was fucking killing him. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Peter's got a lovely touch, lovely touch in the ball. Aye, he's a, he's likes a wee drag back. Aye, he was definitely, it surprised me, I couldn't believe it when he was playing. But he stands in that, that centre circle, doesn't he? He doesn't do much running, but he picks <laughs> the ball about. Aye, that's it. 
Thank you. Well, we ask one more question before we get to the quiz bit. Toe, what do you think? Aye. See if you were interviewing us. Aye. Give some advice here. Give some podcast advice here, Chuck. We're thinking about the last question to ask you before we go right now. We've not got our usual producer here, Self Suit Bob isn't here. We've got Stand In Ryan. If you were if you were us interviewing Chuck Young, what would you want us to ask you? That's a good question. Well, you see, if you want an if you want to have a interviewing, I don't I'm not really of the school where you go and sit and write down twenty questions and ask that. I, I, I tend to think of it as an as a conversation and, and it leads on, you have an answer and it leads on to somewhere else. I mean if you're yeah, if you, if I was stumped at Peter Martin. Know. What was that? I was stumped at Peter Martin. That's when we kind of lost the conversation there. That's right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I didn't know what we'd lead on to that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, people, I mean, there, there are cliched questions about any regrets or what you wish you'd have done and all that kind of stuff and what's going to happen now. I, I, I don't think you should script out an interview. I've worked with producers who say, Right, A, B, C, D. But I, I tend to just like, and you have a, the other thing is, if I was in, you said if I was interviewing you, well, I, I like to interview big names, so this really wouldn't be happening. <laughs> well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be interviewing Gredo. My, Gredo name, my name's quite long, Christopher Charles Toll. That's a big name, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Gredo, actually, I tried to drag him into big time and he snubbed me. He went to sleep for 24 hours. Oh man, that was that was bad. I totally forgot. I totally forgot about that. That was horrific. What was that? The, the, the Graham Soonis night? So, so, so I managed to organise on behalf uh, of Deborah a charity. Um, it was a fantastic thing. I organised it. We we I helped to organise it. Uh, so we got with we had Graham Soonis and Walter Smith and Martin O'Neill and Neil Lennon uh, and a joint Rangers and Celtic, an old firm. United for Deborah, and it was a magnificent success. Uh, and asked your man to be a guest, and he, he never he never rocked up. Empty seat at the table. Hey, that chick had been the first one in the hall, my man. We raised one hundred fifty-eight thousand pound at one dinner in March. Yeah, one five nine. Deborah, Deborah had been delighted then we are all eh? <laughs> 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 I was a very good charity, and if you saw the cause, so. And Graham Stunis was a man who kind of kind of drove it on. It was he's as his adopted charity. But you know, Walter Smith and, and and Martin and Lenny never blinked. Yeah, we'll be there. Never took a penny. And it was what a laugh. It was a fantastic night. The great John Gagan finished off the night. Oh, with, check how funny is John Gagan, well. man. Funniest, funniest speaker I've ever heard. Full stop. He's man, the best, isn't he? Fucking tired with a brush. He's dead unique as well, isn't he? The way he goes on, it's just, it's full of energy and he's all like, I love listening to him. Aye, so do. I've seen him a right few times mm -hmm. in the Workman's and he's funny as fuck, man. Can I just say that some man needs a striker if you could help out sometimes? <laughs> Listen, I'm not that good in the air, but I'm not bad, I'm not bad in the box. My missus will tell you. <laughs> uh, moving on. At the, end, at the end of our interviews, um, mm -hmm. we ask people, uh, our guests, a quiz on Scottish football, right? We've had some belters on with the with the Kenny Duker, Keith Lasley, Mark Wilson, Kevin Harper, with had Frank McAvenny, Owen Coyle, ironically Johnny Watson. So that's the one that you're looking out to beat, I think. Uh, and the worst one on in the whole time that we've done this is was David McCracken. He only got one question right. right? So there are questions about the game. 
questions yep. about football, my good man. I, I originally asked the, our, our normal producer, John, I wanted all of these questions to be about St Mirren, right, to see how much of a big St Mirren fan you actually were. But he's shot the bed and he's just done a normal quiz as usual. Right, so we're, we're going to go for a normal quiz. You get 90 seconds. Oh. You're not allowed to pass. Even if you get a wrong answer, you've got to give an answer, right? Right. Um, are you ready for us, Chick? Yeah. Right, Ryan, have you got 90 seconds on the clock, my man? Yep, on you go. And your 90 seconds start now. Which club did Scott Brown join Celtic from? Hibs. Who was the last Scott to lift the European Cup? Andy Robertson. How many league games will there be in the lower leagues this season? 27. Which team do you really support? <laughs> Which club have a steeple on their badge? Falkirk. Batic Thistle's Ricky Foster is married to which pop star? Amy MacDonald. Which player has the most caps for Scotland's men's team? Kendall Bush, 102. When were St Mirren founded? 1887. Clyde Tildesley is the commentator for which club's TV channel? Rangers. What three players were put into self-isolation from the Scotland camp? Ryan Christie, Stuart Armstrong and uh, Kieran Tierney. What is the name of the project being led by Liverpool and Man United down oh, south? Uh, 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 project that's all about us. What's the name of Paisley Panda's wife? Uh, Mrs Panda. Who scored the winning penalty for Scotland against Israel? Say that again. Who scored the winning penalty for Scotland against Israel? Kenny McLean. What League Two club have a Norwegian supporters club? Stenhouse Muir. Who have the bookies made favourites to win this year's championship? Hearts. What club are nicknamed the Gable Endies? A broth. How many Scottish Cups? Time's time. up, time's time. up. By time's the way, up. you only get two wrong there. You get to answer, finish the last question. Oh, I sure do that. Um, how many Scottish Cups have St Mirren won? Three. Right. right. So I'm going to go back and... You only think... get two questions wrong there, right? And one of them was, when were St Mirren found? I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I said that. What did I say? I said 1887. You, you said 1887. It was 1877. Check. I knew what I said. Unless I was laughing at it. Like, yeah. <laughs> right, and the, the club that's named, the Gable Endies, is Montrose. Montrose, I know. Oh, right. So how are we looking then, Ryan? Oh, he's not as fast as counting as John. No, I'm just, I'm just going back to check there. I've got him By down. The way, we've, got, we've got a new leader, Grado. Seriously? Check your top of the three with 15 correct answers. No way, you're top of the league. I can't believe I get some wrong. That was stupid. <laughs> there we go. That's you. You're, you're top, joint top with John Sutton. Yeah, and there, check. You can tell your pals. Right, nice. I don't think he's going to be telling his pals about this interview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to tell my pals that was on this. Listen, Chick, uh, before we go, you said that you're good pals with Joe, uh, John Yeager and uh, Joe Cammy. Yeah. Need to put us in touch with them, mate, because I'd love to get the two of them on the show. They're funny as hell, man. Well, Chick, thanks very much for that. Did you enjoy yourself? Yes, I did, boys. Very much, very much. What was your favourite bit? <laughs> yeah, just signing off now. <laughs> Football daft with G4 claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698 767 172.
So that's it. That's us came to the end of the, the, end of the, the empty, you I guess, Cradle. Boys, 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 can I just jump in? See, before before we finish this, though, like, yeah. I've been listening to the show every week, um, and you're always threatening this Big Brother story, mate, and I'm dying to hear what it is, but nobody will ever tell me what it is. So, Chris, yeah, tell, right. me, tell me the story. Listen, Ryan, it's not the sort of story that I share with outsiders, mate. Sorry. Ah. The next, the next week, the next week. That's, you've got to be in the club, haven't you? Aye, you've got to be in the club, you've got to be a signed up member. Aye, get yourself you know? on Patreon, you might hear it on Celtic Daft. In fact, don't tell on Celtic Daft. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, mate, I'm sorry, I, I, wouldn't want, I wouldn't feel comfortable you telling him. Aye, I can't do it when Stevie and John's not here. Aye, so do you know what I mean? We'll get it next week. Right, we'll get it next week, but anyway... Folks, thanks very much for listening to the show this week. Let us know how we got on. Did we do better without Stevie? Did we do better without John? Did we, need that, did we need that anchor man? That, the man that greases the wheels and gets us through every week, Stevie Purden. Chelsea Bob. Chelsea Bob! <laughs> We're missing him, aren't we? I miss Stevie, I'll be uh, honest it's with you. No, mate, I mean, I, I like your company too, but there's something just no missing in it. It doesn't sit right away that there's a producer up there sitting in a cell like that. This is just not for me. Aye, especially the week of. Especially the fake tap that he's going and all that he bought for. Where is it you got at China? <laughs> I got it for the cell shop, this one, mate. Are you right? Are you right? The cell shop in the Shanghai airport. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tool, I would say good luck this weekend, but. Uh, you know what? See, as, long as, as long as everybody comes through, there's no, there's no injuries. Everybody has a good time. Still hope we fuckies. Oh, all the yeah. best. All the best, mate. All the I best. I hope you enjoy. Them. I hope you at least get a wee bit of hope. I hope these are like maybe one in one, nothing with five minutes to go and we do a Selic and get a couple of goals. Because that gives you the hope and then it just tears it away from you. I fucking hate you. Because to be honest with you, I've got that as well. I've been, I wouldn't mind a wee kind of last minute penalty that is never a fucking penalty. Well, that's, you've got that coming because you're can. I think Beaton's contractually obligated to give you a penalty, aren't <laughs> To be fair, at least you'll not be going to the fucking pub after the game this time, so that's, that's a positive. <laughs> that's a fair point. There'll be no forties of brother John in the boozer. Fair play, fair play. Right, this is Damon, and this is two on one. He's are sitting in your Celtic taps. Listen, troops, if he's listening to the show. This weekend, just watch yourselves. Stick with the, the rules, all the rest. Of it. Remember, take care of yourselves. And, and each other. Audio.